2: go to the app store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336. I am your in center host, Matt Sroka, and as always, I'm joined by a guy who turned down an offer to be a commentator for the AAF League to continue to do this podcast for free, the button lover, Josh Sroka.
2: Yeah, I could have done the AAF, except I would have had to know uh, when those games are on TV. Yeah. I, like- I, I, I think they're on Saturdays, but then I saw people tweeting about it today, too, so I don't know.
4: Yeah, a lot. I didn't realize the games were on until people started tweeting about the AF. Right, so, right. For them, we're also joined in, in in studio today by Ryan Blake. Ryan, welcome.
1: Hey guys, thanks for having me back. It's uh, been a little bit, but I'm thrilled to be on.
4: Yeah, we're excited to have you on. Uh, the guy with the best Twitter account, Twitter account in, in Birdland. It's uh, debatable, but I'll take the compliment. Yeah, well, well not <laughs> not your
1: personal one. We're just <laughs> right, dealing with right, the right, O's right.
2: fans' problems. We'll praise you on that one.
1: Yeah. Sounds good to me. The other one, the other one
2: just it. like eats crowns and stuff.
1: Yeah, that is, I got another one coming too. I haven't posted it yet, but uh, Chris Davis is the reason I bit the bullet this time.
2: Hey, Bert. Yeah, all right. Hey, we delayed your intro of Bert long enough.
4: Yeah.
1: 7.30
0: hard start, huh?
4: Well, you know, we don't mess around in this place. 7.33. What's up, rag guy Blake? Hey, man. How you doing? <laughs> doing good, man. It was the countdown was going on for twenty minutes, and once that hits it's the buzzer 20 the minutes. buzzer, boom goes the dynamite. That, yeah. can,
2: that countdown on Facebook started six hours ago. Yeah. It's like whatever time I typed it in and then it just we had a line of notice.
4: listeners for six hours just waiting.
0: Just for, for me? Stuff. Yeah, just yeah. For you. Oh I'm blessed.
1: Yeah. Hashtag blessed. Romeo was first in line with his feather hat. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the eye doctor
4: that uh on Friday. First time in three years.
2: The op Something like that? <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the eye doctor's name? O- optometrist. Yeah, that's what I said.
4: Yeah. Anyway, first time. But I want to get new glasses because my glasses are, are broke. Is there is there
0: a microphone under this table? Like, <laughs> it's un- crazy how yes. loud this cough drop yeah, is. Yeah, yes.
2: Uh, that's, uh, Bert, you missed the intro of the new crotch mic that we've been added to the studio.
0: I like that. I think that's great. It, it, hopefully, it'll be better than my vocal mic, which craps out every time I make a great joke. Like uh, the the Chris Davis... Right. Quote about uh, his improving his hitting this year uh, sounds like a silent fart in a crowded room, you know. Uh, and and nobody got the joke on the podcast because my my microphone crapped out. So thought, I'm not making any good jokes I, anymore. I, I,
2: see, it's crapping out already. That's why I make my jokes on Twitter. Hold on, your mic your <laughs> mic isn't crapping out. And I thought before it was only crapping out like in our ears, but it was still recording your bad jokes.
0: I, well, I listen back to the podcast, something I don't do often. <laughs> just for the podcast? Just you wanted to hear your joke? Well, because I heard it crap out live <laughs> when I made it, okay. and I wanted to confirm that it crapped out on the I, iTunes feed or whatever it is, All right, and I am not happy. All right. I've been working on our audio, so hopefully
2: your mic's going to be better.
0: All right. But if I make a good joke and it craps out mid-joke, I'm walking out.
4: Okay, fine. I, I think Josh might have been doing it on purpose. He doesn't want you to steal his thunder. He thinks he's a joke guy now. And so I, I think maybe Josh over there is doing it on purpose.
0: You're going to have to bear with my cough. I have been so sick. You need to get this guy a cough button.
2: The, yeah, we do.
0: Yeah. The, um, uh, my crotch mic keeps picking it up. Are you going to do that the whole show, cough? If it becomes a problem, I'll leave.
2: Okay, if
4: it becomes a problem, I will ask you to leave. <laughs> you better believe it.
0: I'll hide it in a laugh. I'll go like a...
4: <laughs> All right, we, we got a lot to get to. A lot of baseball talk and Orioles talk. It's been but a real, busy week. Real quick, the eye
0: doctor. Oh, yeah, back All right, to the eye doctor. All right,
4: it's very... You, you are the eye doctor. For me, it's a very stressful experience. Not just because they blow the air into the eye. Like, that's stressful stuff. You know, when they shoot the air into the eyeball? Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. almost will, will not go just for that part. Just because I know that happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the most stressful part is, and the whole thing's stupid. You go in there, you look at a chart, but I needed new glasses, so I wanted to update my prescription so I could buy new glasses. Right. But you guys know, and so I went through it, and I, you know, I did the whole thing, it took like 20 minutes. And then at the end, you know, th- there, there's that attractive lady there who says, do you want to purchase some of our glasses? Yeah. And, and of course, my answer is no. Right. Because they, you know, it's, it's, it's twice as much. Right. Uh, I like to go to Warby Parker, get my five glasses, try them on, take my time. Trying them on there it costs too much, and it's too stressful because you got to pick one right there. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
2: but I just say no, and then well, story's he, over.
4: I know, but here's the stressful part for me, right? Because I say no, and that part's fine. But then after that, you know how I hate getting stuff for free. Like I'm uncomfortable with the whole free process. Like even when I get the free Dunkin' Donuts coffee, like mm-hmm. I feel like I have to get a donut just because I feel guilty just taking a free coffee.
0: Josh feels bad get, getting it because Joe Flacco didn't earn it for him. <laughs> hey, I got I got free Dunkin' Donuts this week. Because
2: some lady in the drive-through ahead of me paid for my meal.
4: Oh, that's nice. Did yeah, you pay nice for the next person? That's I did
2: not. Do? I was. I was. You're done. supposed to pay it what? forward. What? I did pay. That it was forward. probably
4: going on all morning, and you put an end to
2: it. Maybe, you got I, paid I, forward. I, I, I might have ended it. I might have ended it. Yes. Yeah.
4: Well, good for you. Um, but anyway, so but but what I want but what I need from them is the prescription for my for my glasses, which they won't give you unless you specifically ask for it. You got it.
0: Yeah, like super protective of it.
4: Yes, and so, but 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 when I go there, it's covered by insurance, so I pay nothing, right? Because I can get one check a year or whatever, so I pay right. nothing. Right. But as I'm leaving,
2: There wasn't. So it wasn't free. Your insurance paid right. seven hundred dollars for but you I, to do that. But
4: I, well, I hope not, because he just had me look at a stupid board and say if I can see the knee. Which, by the way, is also really stressful because he switches them back and forth, and my eyes get kind of blurry, and I don't know which one's better. I don't know. They both <laughs> look like goodies, and that's part stressful itself. But anyway. I I I hate asking for the prescription because I feel like there is this understanding that I'm going to leave this store and go to Warby Parker. Yeah, and and buy my glasses. And I feel like they know it, I know it, and so when I say it, like I just have to mumble it. Oh, excuse me. Can I can I have my prescription? Like well, real quiet. Because
2: you're doing what everyone else in the world does. And if they ever ask, in my whole, I'm so horrified
4: that they're <laughs> going to say why. And then if they ever say why, I will literally sprint out the store run away and just never get my prescription
2: you know what i did when i needed glasses yeah from warby parker yeah i took mandy's prescription <laughs> i sent that one in oh really yeah but now they're a little off so i got to go to the eye doctor
4: but i saw on the warby parker email that you can do the eye prescription thing just on the on their website
2: yeah they've got some type of app that yeah you can do it
4: which kind of makes sense because you just look at the board and see if you can see an E or not
2: right yeah,
4: but, but I don't know. I just find the whole process stressful, but I got my prescription, and I, I also – you know what I did to, to kind of make it sound cool? Like, can, 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 can I asked for the original prescription and my updated one just so I can pair it for my own kind of notes.
2: <laughs> so you – wait. So you made them do double the work?
1: <laughs> yeah, just so I would have a cover story. All
0: right. It gets you out of it though. Ryan, yeah. do you wear glasses or contacts?
1: I, I have a pair of glasses. Uh, I only really need them when I'm driving at night in the rain. <laughs> There's A lot of conditions there, but uh, nah, I mean, me. I I have decent enough vision. I don't really rely on them. But...
0: I I have no, nothing to do with this story. I have perfect vision.
1: Do you think you're better than me? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I got just I got,
0: in that department. You're better than me in the height department. I don't, Josh is. <laughs> saying, well, Josh, oh, I one.
4: thought I thought you got laser eye surgery. I you're did. Still wearing glasses. How I know. Did, what sense does that make? I got it
2: eight years ago, and it needs to be tweaked. Yeah. So I noticed that I need glasses when I. It started with I need glasses driving in the rain, and then it uh. And now it's a little more where I'm wearing these almost all the time. Now I'm doing it so I can read the computers
0: behind you. If I ever need glasses, I'm going to kill right. myself. So, <laughs> but we did That's a joke. That's a we joke. did have the discussion, and the microphone held up for it. So right.
2: so, so far so good. We go. we did have the discussion this week that I got to go. I've got free LASIK adjustments for life. I just got to go do it. So, go do it. I I know. I just got go to go. Wasn't
4: it. it? I think I read this. Maybe you guys can confirm to make to <laughs> turn the glass talk into Orioles talk. Sure. Wasn't Richie Martin, our rule five guy, had a really good year in the minors last year. His first kind of breakout offensive season in the minors. And I thought I read somewhere that Richie Martin last year got glasses. No, and that, that's why he had no, such a better offensive that, year. That
2: was Ricky Vaughn. No, get out of here.
4: <laughs> you guys heard that story with Richie Martin? That's why I had a good, good offense of the year last year because he no, got glasses? No, Maybe no. I'm making that
2: up. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. Maybe I should be paying attention. Glasses will Maybe. help you see the ball.
4: Yeah, it makes you wonder, right? Maybe uh Wasn't there, I thought Kevin, updated prescription
2: for Chris Davis? I thought Chris there Davis? was something with Kevin Gaussman and glasses a few years ago.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to help him out. didn't really seem to do too much. Right. He got, like, the x-ray specs or whatever yeah, they were.
2: Yeah, yeah. Chris Sabo style. But – uh. Where well, it's finally here, pitchers and catchers report on Wednesday. No, I did Richie
4: Martin glasses. I'm getting a whole bunch of picks of Ricky Martin. Oh man, that's All the right. problem. You're going to get a lot of a, uh,
0: living Vida. What's where's the problem? Oh, I'm, <laughs> <That's good laughs>
4: yeah, to yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a few minutes here, guys, and search some picks. You guys do
2: do the show. Okay. You looking at uh, you which Ricky? You looking at Ricky Martin picks? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or went down a whole new rabbit
0: hole. Beep. I'll do the elevator music. All right. Beep, beep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stupid. Right. Oh,
4: goodness. All right. Can we get into some uh, uh, show talk here? Yeah, sure. Talk some birds. Uh, pitchers and catchers. I saw the uh, Athletics are the first team to have pitchers and catchers report, which I think is tomorrow. What is that? Tomorrow? Yeah. We're, so, buy their right.
2: World Series tickets. The Orioles are on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I. You guys excited? Exactly, this... You
4: guys pumped? Oh, yeah. Hope springs eternal, right? Or have, has this off season and the lack of moves and kind of knowing what's ahead kind of got you down even before the season started? I
0: can't. I don't think you'll find anybody who doesn't get at least a little excited when they start seeing the pictures right. and the sunny weather. That's exciting. But it gets old real quick also. Like by, by Wednesday afternoon, I'll be tired of seeing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: You know what? It's kind of like the groundhog. Everyone says, oh, well, the groundhog reminds me, gets me excited for spring. No one cares about the groundhog in the shadow. It's when pitchers and catchers report springs right around the corner.
0: Yeah. I, I woke up on Groundhog's Day at Dewey Beach, flipped on the TV, saw the story. Oh, hey, it's Groundhog's Day. And then it's immediately out of my mind.
1: It doesn't matter. I didn't even know Groundhog yes. Day already happened until just then. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> February 2nd.
0: Ryan has bigger problems.
1: You could, you could say that. He's but, got uh,
2: Orioles fan probs.
1: I do. I
2: mean, but it is exciting because now we've been speculating for six months about what this team's going to be like, and now we actually get to start seeing – uh, people throw the ball and, and start to see, kind of build what, chan- what this rotation could be like. And we don't have World Series expectations, but we
1: see the beginning of a long process starts on Wednesday. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, I mean, obviously we kind of know what's going to happen this year. It's not going to be much of an improvement from last year, if any. It might even be worse. But we're at that point where I'm I'm encouraged by – you know, I went to Fan Fest and I sat there for for Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde and and Sigma Dell and uh, Kobe Perez, and I'm encouraged by what all of them said. They weren't spewing the same things that kind of that Dan Duquette would tell us in terms of you know what we want to hear. Bert, and, Bert's uh, got this audio on sorry, his computer no, okay.
2: again, throwing everything
1: off. No worries. But, uh, you know, I feel like when Duquette was in charge, it was kind of the same story every year. It's we're trying to compete. We're trying to, you know, put a good team on the field and and try to compete for a wild card spot, make it to the playoffs, whatever. Now it's we understand that we're behind the curve. We need to catch up to the rest of baseball before we try to get ahead. And that's what's really encouraging to me is that they understand the position that we're in now and that it's going to be a process before we're competing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And there's uh, and we'll get into more to it as we get closer to to the season, but there's a lot of. I think players to be excited about and players to watch to see how they perform this year, uh, both in the in the pitching and, and offensively. A lot of players that maybe you haven't heard of before that would be interesting, right? Because Mike Elias has been clear that there are going to be some players on this team right now that are going to be part of the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we know who those players are quite yet, uh, but I think we're going to find out pretty quick. And I'm right. also really excited to see um, not just about Mike Elias bringing in players, but what he can do with the players that are already here as far as their development, right? As he introduces more of the of the sabermetric side of things, um, him and Sigma Dell, um, how that will affect a guy like Dylan Bundy, right? Um, Could this might be the year that he takes a step with, with more information and data. Uh, you know, so I th- think there's a lot of things to be excited about, even if you know going in that you'll probably finish last in the AL East. I think right. There's still some things to be excited it's, about. It's, it's,
2: it's chances to see... Is Dylan Bundy gonna take that step? Can he lead this rotation into that future? And then it's guys like Cedric Mullins and seeing if he can really be our everyday center fielder.
4: Yeah, all these outfielders, right? DJ Stewart, sure. Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins—like the jury's still out on a lot of these guys. Um, so it's going to be fun to, to to watch them play.
0: I think this uh, excitement for the Orioles' future is can be compared to baking a really good cake. And it's going to take a really long time to bake this cake. But like when they hire Michael Elias, when they hire Brendan Hyde, that's like finding the recipe for the cake. And now Wednesday, when spring training starts, you're laying out all the pieces, ingredients, spatulas, pots and pans. You're laying it all out and seeing everything you have. And then you start baking the cake. And it might take four or five years to build this cake. But once it's finished baking, it's going to be delicious.
4: What kind of cake we are we baking, Bert?
0: Uh, championship cake <laughs> <laughs> A World Series I like,
2: cake I like that you've gone away from pies We're now a cake team C- It's a cake Cakes
0: take longer than pies
1: Just don't tell Mark Trumbo that this whole thing's a cake <laughs> Yeah I, <laughs> I should have be, offended. Man, be offended
0: Me and Ryan should have shown Brian can be my writer now for my stupid jokes are, are... Obviously the mic is working now So my jokes are not working uh, Ryan will be my writer from now on Well, You're one Sounds for good.
1: two so far, not bad
0: One for two, I'll take it Spring Trains where we first met Ryan when he was a young lad. Yeah. We
1: interviewed uh who um Trip oh, Norton? Was Trip Norton, that's it. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And it had to be right. at least 6 years ago. Right. Five, 4 yeah. or 5. Yeah. And,
4: and good for Trip still with the organization. That man's a survivor. Yeah. Uh, he's one a one lot of people gone. He he survived. <laughs> um I uh a uh, melancholy note here. Um everyone's heard about it at this point but the passing of Frank Robinson. We're, we're going to dedicate more time in the show to, uh, to Frank Robinson. We're, oh, we're going to actually have a separate show. We're going to get our dad in here. I feel a little bit inadequate talking about right. um, Frank Robinson. I mean, my biggest memory of him is on the opening of the 1989 Why Not video. Uh, he, he's the manager, and he gives kind of the opening speech to the players about sure. well, and, that's, and fundamentals. And that's but, where, but we didn't get the chance to watch him
2: play. Right, we didn't. And I, I pulled up a highlight of him. I can play in a second because, but uh, what really stood out to me—it's the highlight—is when we'll talk about the Joe Angel news because the announcer on this is not what we're used to. Um, but I'll play that with Frank Robinson. But what I stood out to me, yeah, is I know Frank Robinson as the manager and as the manager who turned the team around, and it makes me think a lot of like of Brandon Hyde and this team that and Michael Elias like. We think of Frank Robinson as he brought that winning way back to Baltimore. So, And, and, I mean, as a player, he kind of started that winning way back in the 60s. And it's amazing that he only played for six years with the Orioles but made such an impact that he's an Oriole uh, in the Hall of Fame.
0: Obviously, it took them – everyone says it took them from a good team prior to 66 to the great team that they were after 66, winning the pennants, winning the World Series – uh, he was that it factor.
4: Yeah, and there's a lot of, I've I've read a lot of articles about Frank Robinson. There's a lot of good stuff written out there from him. This is one of those cases where, um, I went back to newspapers, and by newspapers I mean newspaper websites, uh, like WashingtonPost.com and Baltimore.com, to read what kind of because that's where you'll find the old baseball writers yeah. mm-hmm. who actually you know played with or not played with him, but uh, were, them. we're covering him when he was playing, whereas. Some of the young bloggers, no offense to them, but I'm not going to read your stuff about Frank Robinson because you didn't watch him play. Um, and that 66 season is really unbelievable, right? Because in 65, the Reds, uh, you know, the, 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 the guy in the Reds, uh, DeWitt, right? The general manager said, hey, you know what? You're kind of washed up, Frank. You're, you're, you're on the down climb. An old 30. Yeah, you're an old 30. Um, you're past your prime. We're moving on from you. And we gave up hardly anything to, to get him, right? Well, we um, gave up a pretty
2: good pitcher. The pitcher we traded ended up winning a bunch of games, too. All
4: right, fine. But I, I think in the long run, I think we got the better deal. We did. The better of of course. Of course. Right? Um, and Frank Robinson, the year he came, right? 66, after, after he's being called old and, and washed up. Opening day, hits a home run, goes on to win the Triple Crown that year, wins the MVP, leads doors to the World Series, becomes a World Series MVP in 66, uh, and the rest is kind of it, history. But but I mean, what right. that's still, like the most amazing year after you're called out is being kind of washed isn't up he past your still prime. the mm-hmm. only
2: player to win MVP in both leagues? Yes. Okay.
4: Uh, and the first um, African American manager in both leagues, of course. Yes. So like, just he's like a larger than life figure, right? He's just he's one of those iconic names. Um, I think he was uh, number four on the home run list when he retired, right? And kind of pre-Stairboard era. Um, so. Uh, just just um, we're, we're going to get our dad on who actually watched the yeah. play at some we'll, point. Yeah, another he was available this
2: yeah. weekend. So we'll get him in a couple weeks.
4: Uh. And
0: and if you've been listening to Section 336 as far back as August 2015, you will remember when we did our show live at Club 66 in Hartford County. And my uncle came on as a guest and told us a story about how he saw Frank Robinson naked once. <laughs> <laughs> I should have had that audio pulled. I yeah, forgot that, about in that honor. story. Can we That's pull true. that for our special Frank Robinson episode? Yeah, we would love to pull that audio. <laughs> That's here, a must.
2: Here I, is uh, Frank Robinson <laughs> hitting a home run in game one of the 1971 World Series.
5: ...pitcher, he making the newspapers and radio. There's a high drive into the deep left, way up. That one is going, and it is gone. A home run for Frank Robinson.
2: Can't you just hear the excitement of a world series <laughs>
4: <laughs> during six years with the Orioles? He led the Orioles to the world series four times and we won it twice. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Like we appreciate like <laughs> the, you know, the guy, p- people our age can appreciate how amazing that is because we, <laughs> we haven't, haven't even seen, seen one. <laughs> yeah, right? A,
2: exactly.
0: What, what's the closest comparison recently where a team picked up one player who made that big of an impact for the franchise?
1: Oh yeah. That's a great question. Uh, um, Dare I say Jake Arrieta? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the, the Cubs, uh, they've, they've been to the postseason more than once since Area came around. They yeah, got the World Series, so it it could remain to be seen.
4: Yeah, I guess it's similar pitcher-wise. I guess you could argue like a Justin Verlander,
2: too. Right.
4: let sure. position, position players pl- like that. Um,
2: um, well, it'd be a D.
4: Free agent signing's one thing. Yeah, I don't know.
2: I don't know. I don't know, know a pickup a like question. that. I'm,
0: I'm of course, it wasn't a, free agency in 66, right? Right, it was right, a trade. It yeah. was a trade. Right.
2: Right. Well, that was supposed to be uh, scope to Milwaukee, didn't work out. Or Machado <laughs> to L.A.
0: Uh, I, and I know we're saving for a lot of this for more Frank Robinson talk later. But uh, thoughts, real quick, on uh, how the the team honors him. Do You see, like a uniform patch or something like that. Oh, I, I think, think a lot I of teams think you are have do to that. do a uniform patch. You will see, the Indians do it probably. The Cincinnati yeah. Reds, obviously. Because
2: the Orioles have done uh, patches for other former players that are not Hall of Famers. Sure.
0: So uh Elrod Hendricks. Right. Yeah. Uh they absolutely should. So they they'll definitely do a pass. What do you think instead of doing just a number twenty if they did the here flag? I've seen a little bit of that going on. I think that'd
2: be great. I love That's the cool. here flag. We didn't even mention the that type of feat of hitting the ball out of Memorial Stadium. Yeah. yeah. I was looking uh this week online about trying to get a here flag for the studio. Oh, that would be cool.
4: And I'm, I'm sure uh, dad will claim to be at that game like he claims oh, to be at every uh, significant game. I, I'm right. glad you brought that yes. up.
0: I believe that's an epidemic amongst uh, older gentlemen. Because I was at a, a basketball game this weekend for my daughter sitting next to an older guy. I had an Orioles cap on. We were talking about Frank Robinson. And I said, my father-in-law was actually at the game where he hit the ball at a Memorial Stadium. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, I was there too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess you all were there. <laughs> right, of course. Just like
1: 150,000 um, people were there yeah, when Cal yeah. broke the record. Right, right.
2: Bert, were you at 21:31? Oh, yeah. In, in, exactly. In, in my heart. At okay. this
1: point, we were all there. <laughs> I was there in my dad's backpack. I was a year and a half. Were you for real? No. Oh. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll remember
2: watching it on TV, but I'll also for now on, remember being at the game.
0: <laughs> I, I took my my son when he wasn't even – he was eight months old to the Delman Young game. Uh, the uh, Nice. The divisional playoff there. And that's not a lie, and I will – Continue to tell because that might be the greatest Oriole thing I ever lived hope. and breathed to see.
1: This is <laughs> a true story, though. My dad has a home video of me. I, I misspoke. I was eight months old. I wasn't a year and a half uh, when Cal broke the record. But he does have a video of me at eight months laying on the living room floor in a diaper watching Cal circle the stadium. Nice. I've, I've yet to see it personally, but he says he has it somewhere. So I need to dig it up at some <laughs> point.
2: Right. Yeah. I, I – I hope that Albie's, like, not a 40 year old man saying, yeah, well, I was at the Delman Young double game. There better be something better in Orioles by then. That's
0: like us still obsessing about the why not team.
2: <laughs> yeah, and we, we will continue
4: <laughs> At least the Delman to.
0: Young game was a playoff game. <laughs>
4: uh, and real quick, um, actually, our our, our dad listened to the podcast, and he he chimed in on Facebook because you can watch us live on Facebook every Monday night except for tonight where you can watch us Today's on Sunday night. Sunday. <laughs> um, but he said uh, – uh, oh my goodness, I was there. As far <laughs> I as really he was. And, no, I was joking cuz he did he, he shared that story before. You guys remember the pitcher? Yes. Who's uh, the pitcher? Louis Tiant. Louis Tiant. Yeah, yeah. he would share the story Louis Tiant is. I No, forget it. I was there. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I was there too actually. Uh Louis Tiant, double header, you know, hit, he uh, hit, uh, hit it out of the stadium. So yeah, dad, I remember you the, you're, uh, you telling that story. Right. So just to... cuz you tell the story more than once, d- it doesn't make it true. Um, uh, and,
0: and... On Twitter, uh, I think the infamous Sex Smith commented to us that the uh the Fan Fest joke didn't age well. Where the
4: Oh yeah Help me out here. Yeah, my... yeah, no, no yes. you're right, you're right. You're, no, right, you're, I'll right just, you're right. You guys just stare at me you're like right. I'm No you're I forgot
2: for a second, all right? No, I feel I feel for the guy who asked the question at FanFest. I feel
0: like he must have had some inside <laughs> knowledge that <then>. <laughs> yes.
2: The opening fan question was about the whereabouts of Frank Robinson. <laughs>
4: yes, yes. Yep. yeah. And no one and no nothing one had about an the answer. current
0: team. But where's 83-year-old Frank Robinson, right, and why yeah. isn't he doing more to support this organization? Yeah.
4: And and you, um, really in bad taste, <laughs> made, made jokes about it.
0: Oh, I didn't know he was dying. <laughs> Sorry. I'll you. just stop making jokes about everyone, because everyone is dying, actually.
2: Well, they, they could.
0: Just slowly. Well, like, you know, this team is rebuilding. You know, who, a you, know,
2: you know who's not dying? Who's that? Zach Britton with an H. Yeah, he's hot now. Hot yeah. fire, Zach. You see, you see this news that Zach Britton with an H has been wrong the whole time? Yeah. That's, that's, that's not how you spell his name? Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, so I saw he
4: switched it. So, so now so, he wants to go by Z-A-C-K. Yeah, so, so like Zach again, again, Right.
1: Apparently again, that's his given name.
2: And I, I'm dis- in this whole thing, I'm disappointed in the Baltimore Beat reporters that they never caught on to this. Because Ken Rosenthal uh, shared that all of Zach Britton's contracts have him with a K. Oh, really? Yeah, that everything he signed, all his contracts, all his official stuff is with a K. And the reason he's now making this official and getting rid of the H is because he's in New York. He he wants to do sponsors and and be in commercials and all this stuff. Yeah. So that's why he's He's going with his original name. Yeah.
1: Speaking of beat writers, did you see Rock's tweet that he's going to go by ROCK now? Yeah. Rockabaco. Uh, that was a good one. But no, like this, is, this is, I mean, Zach changing his name. It's bigger news than, than when we found out Fausto Carmona was really Roberto Hernandez. <laughs> this, is, this is a huge deal. <laughs>
4: no, I, I, I disagree. I don't think it's a huge deal. Uh, he's signed with the Yankees. No, it's he, just he, weird. He, he's yeah. dead to me. He's and dead like, to me because he's with the Yankees.
2: I do like the time in that we can keep our Zach Britton and they can have the Zach with a K. Yeah. And by the way, according to um, my uh, Google
4: Doc, I get the red squeaky line under Z-A-C-K. So they don't uh, see 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 that as the correct uh, spelling of the name. So that's I don't I don't
2: I think your spell check does names. Sure. Uh, Z-A-C-H isn't underlined. All right. I don't know.
0: I, I don't want to offend anybody who listens to this show named Zach. Well, it's too but
2: you've already offended people
4: who... It's uh,
0: common knowledge, the top three spellings of the name Zach. Number one, obviously, Z-A-C-K. Zach Britton got it right. That's the right way to spell it. the, the coolest way to spell it.
4: That's not the number one. That's not the most popular, but and whatever. And I think the I go is on. The that, right? the is the no most popular, but whatever. Opposite.
0: It, does, it might be the most popular, but it's yes. not the coolest. The second coolest Looking is just cooler. Z-A-C. <laughs> Z-A-C. Zach. No,
1: that's not even a
0: real way. Z-A-C-H. Z-A-C-H. Wasn't
1: that the dude who did, like, Ghost Adventures on, on some TV show? I'm sure. It, it sounds like Z-A-C. something like a cool guy
0: named Zach. just Z-A-C would it do. It matched
1: his hair. His hair was super cool. You yeah. would do Z-A-C over Z-A-K? No. Oh, well, that is how Z-A-C is Zach? in the middle. So Z-A-C is Zach Efron.
0: Perfect About example. Yet. Perfect example. <laughs> Thank you. Well,
1: on, on Britain's Wikipedia page, first of all, they're quick because they already changed his name to Z-A-C-K. Uh, but on his Wikipedia page, it says his full name is Zachary Grant Britain, spelled Z A C K A R Y.
0: Oh, well, that's just so when it's up. when it's Zachary, you oh, usually see it with an H. Yes,
1: right. So now
4: he is—he's wrong, actually.
0: I mean, if Wikipedia is is as accurate as it always is.
4: Yeah, I mean, if your name's Zachary,
0: <laughs> and you yeah.
4: shorten it, unless you spell your name Zachary with
1: a K, well, that's what he is. That's that's what I'm saying. It's spelled Z A C K A R Y. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's as, a, as Bert said. If Wikipedia is as accurate as yeah. it tends to be, well,
4: that's that's a, a different way to spell Zachary. Yeah,
1: and right. it says known professionally as Zach Britton, Z A C H. But it's, it's so weird because he's. It's not like
2: he went two, three years at this. He was in the Orioles organization for like twenty years. Yeah, he's an old guy. Yeah,
4: I mean, and you would think. I mean, it was up to him, right? At like some point, he could have said, "Hey, guys, I mean, let's it's, get my name right."
2: Right. It's like if Cal in, in it, a little bit weird than and and breaks the streak, and then he that? says. Actually, I'm Cal with a K. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's weird that he never said anything. I, and I want to know how did he sign his balls? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds like a personal problem. Yeah.
2: <laughs> or all right, how did he sign his cards? Like, if you got a Zach Britton
0: signature, or did he just do Z Britton?
4: Yeah, I'm sure we can look up uh, Zach Britton's
1: signature. I that, mean, that's I'm still with this.
0: Matt on this though. This is more of a Yankees problem. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Yeah.
1: As someone with a an few Royal Zach Britton signatures, it, it definitely looks more like an H. But it's – I mean when you're cursive scribbling it, all H right. and K looks so –
2: Let's get a he's, handwriting he's analyst been, in here. <laughs> either way, he's been uh, helping promote the lie.
1: Yeah. He could
4: have corrected at any point. Yep. I don't know what his game is.
0: Yeah, but he's dead to me too. Same yeah, with Mike Messina right. dead he's to me dead too. To
4: me. Yeah, they're all dead to me. All right. So what's,
0: what, matter, what matters for, to
2: Oriole fans then? The projections? Pakota, is that where you want to go?
4: I don't yeah. know, do we? Yeah, let's talk about Pakota projections. So th- they have us to win 57 games this year. So I don't know who over there is drinking the orange Kool-Aid, thinking that somehow we're going to be better than last year right, with 57 ten, games. Ten more wins. Pocota always thinks that Orioles are going to be awesome. Pakota loves Orioles so much. What? Don't they <laughs> always put us in last? Yeah,
0: they always yeah, they put always us always. in last. Okay, you throw me off. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. Um. You, do you guys care about the, the Pakota
0: projections? I didn't last year but maybe i will this year
2: yeah uh, it's something to talk about in january february but yeah. who cares
0: yeah
4: i was looking at some of the like they have us like they give the run scored how much they think run scored well, and and, they, and doesn't
2: it all start with you, how are you going to project anything when we don't know the starting rotation we don't know the outfielders we don't we don't know who's playing second base yeah like how do you project when you don't know players. I mean
4: I think you have a good idea. You take guesses, right? I think VR is going to be a second baseman. You can take a good guess right, at Who's going to be your
2: shortstop? Richie Martin.
1: Their guess Ricky that, Martin.
4: Yeah, they're, they're guessing that Ricky Ricky Martin will be it. Um but I, I saw they they have us giving up uh or scoring 672 runs and they get have a, have us giving up 902 runs, which is by far the most in baseball. And I thought that sounds kind of high. And then I went and looked at last year that we gave it, we gave up 892 runs. So we're going and to get
2: even more runs this year?
4: Yeah, and that was with Kevin Gossman and, and, and right. Zach Britton for half a year and stuff. So actually, that kind of makes sense that we get nine or two runs. worse, yeah. Yeah, and, and the offense, I mean, that's about what we put up last year as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, it, it kind of makes sense. But then if you look at it, they go, kind of go player by player. And some of them are surprising. Like, do you know who's projected to hit the most home runs for us?
2: Mark uh, Jumbo. Mancini?
4: Uh, Mancini's second at 21 home runs projected. Davis,
2: are they saying bounce back no, year? No no.
4: no. no. They, uh, they, uh, they only have uh, Chris, uh, Chris Davis at 20 home runs.
2: All right. Then it's. Uh, DJ Stewart. Uh, I no, have
1: no idea.
4: No. Renato, Renato Nunez, they have at 22 home runs. <laughs> Which, wow. Okay. I'm not even Let's convinced that he's going man. to be the start starting third baseman. Right. But, um, and and the, the other thing that was surprising was the, the pitching ERAs. Um, every starter, except for Dylan Bundy, they project to have an ERA of of, of over five. Like, they project Alex Cobb to have an ERA of 5.21. Uh, that would be disappointing if Alex Cobb yes. has an ERA of 5.21. I know I had a bad l- year last year. Um, But then if you look at our four and five starters, you understand why we're going to give up so many runs. Because right now, the projected to be our four and five starters are David Hess and Josh Rogers. Um, yeah, that, the,
2: that's where all the runs are coming.
4: Yeah, they could have an ERA 10. And and, and Nate Carnes, um, they are projected as getting our best ERA from a starter, but they also don't have him pitching the whole year. I think some injury concerns. Do they that.
2: have uh, Cobb pitching the whole year? Because I think the hope for Oriole fans this year yeah, is that do. Cobb has a decent year that we can flip him in July.
4: Well, yeah, but not with a five, five on ERA. Yeah. Sure. Um, and the other just surprising – if you look at the bullpen, they really have bad projections for the bullpen. Or they think they're going to be really bad. Like Michael Givens at 4.580 ERA, that seems really high. The one that's shocking is <laughs> – projections has always done this with Richard Blyer. They really never liked Richard Blyer. Okay. Um, Blyer, right, for for the Yankees, he had a short stint with the Yankees where he pitched 23 innings and and um, and had an ERA of uh, 1.96. Then, you know, in 2017 with the Orioles was his big year. ERA of 1.99 over 63 innings, like a full season as a reliever. ERA of 1.99. Last year, before he got hurt, his ERA was 1.93. So every single year in the majors, the three years, he's had an ERA under two. Do you know what Picota has him, his projected e- ERA? No. Four. 5.32. Good grief. Well, Already over 5. For well, a guy his entire career has been under 2. Isn't that kind of crazy?
2: I don't know. Maybe they see it as the, the Orioles defense is going to be so bad that what? there's nothing that that will not be helping pitchers.
4: Right. Like I, I think that's probably part of it. For all all the numbers are inflated probably because bad Not to pitching, inflate it
0: to 5.31 though. Yeah,
4: they have our, <laughs> our best reliever ERA if you're just looking at ERA, our best reliever they have as Tanner Scott friend of the show.
0: They don't know anything Tanner's about Scott. us. Yeah, so that's um, They don't know anything. They picked him to win 70 games last year, and they were way off.
4: Yeah, so I think our bullpen will be better than is projecting. But I think the starters, like David Hess and Josh Rogers, could be worse. Um, we can talk about the Nick Karns signing. That's kind of interesting to me, Nick Karns. Um, he's he's coming off a couple injuries. Right. I think
1: it's a low-risk kind of thing. I sure. mean, he, he's, he had a good year in 2015. With the Royals, right? With the I think it was the Royals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he, he hasn't pitched since July of 2014 when he went down with uh, some type of shoulder injury. And then he sat out all of last year with elbow inflammation, which is a terrible sign for someone who's still on the better side of 30. Um, but, it, I mean, $800,000, I think, is what we gave him, two hundred more in, in incentives. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a big fan of incentive-laden deals. Earn your money. Yeah, I mean, I, that's 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 fine with me. If, if he sucks, we're not losing much there.
4: Yeah, and if he works out, best-case scenario – you can also because he's still under his arbitration years. You can still yep. bring him back next year for really cheap. Yeah. Um, so he's not like a guy that has to perform, or you cut him or trade him. Like it's a, no, you can keep him on next year. He can be part of next year's team too. And um, starters like we saw that like David Hess and Josh Rogers projected four and five by Bakota. Like that's a little bit scary. And I think I think that's <laughs> I also think of them already.
2: I think that's why a guy like Karn signs with the Orioles is there's an opportunity to get into this rotation.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and there could be another, uh, I think, pitcher, veteran pitcher, Uh, but Nate Carnes seems like the perfect fit, that kind of low-risk, decent-reward type guy that that you want if you're in the position like the Orioles. A guy I
1: saw a couple days ago, uh, someone tweeted out an article or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you guys remember Chris Heston? He was a rookie with the Giants a couple years ago. Uh, He took like a no hitter into the eighth in one of his first career starts, and he was pretty solid numbers. But he's a guy that that I think the Orioles could consider looking at as a guy who could fill that rotation spot. Um, But he's he's got his velocity up. Um, You know, he's he's been working, and I I think he's still young. Shown some flashes here and there. I mean, he's another guy who might be worth a shot. Yeah,
4: yeah, we'll see. So, especially like I think position wise. I think you would have a hard time arguing that you should bring in some a veteran to to do to do a position. Like maybe Adam Jones, you could convince me on, but outside of that, I would have a hard right. time because there are other players at those positions that you really don't want to block, right? Like I really want to see what Richie Martin t- can do and 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 Jackson can can do in those middle infield spots. Yeah, I really want to see what we got. To like I don't know, six third basemen now, right? I really want to want them to get an opportunity to see if any of those guys can stick. And we've talked a lot about, you know, we have a plethora of outfielders in the minors and you want to see what those guys can do. But pitching-wise, like, I really don't want to see what David Hess can do. I don't. Like, I've seen what David Hess can do <laughs> and I don't want to see any more of it. Um, so I think there's openings there in that pitching rotation. And then you have a lot of guys. Like, our best pitching prospects right now are in single A, right? Like, the D- D.L. Halls and the Grayson Rodriguez. Like, they are not ready this year or next year. They're still ways off. So I think there's an opening there for the next, like, two years as you wait for those guys to get here. I'm with
2: you on yeah, that. We all agree. All right.
4: um, and there's also, like, I think there are some guys in the high minors that actually are really interesting as pitchers that I'm curious to see how they do. Like Dean, Dean, Dean Creamer, is it? Um, Great name. Uh, Dylan Tate. I think th- th- those are a couple of names to watch out for. Keegan Aiken was not mentioned in, in uh, uh, the prospectus as being a, a contributor to the Major league Squad, but I think Keegan Aiken could be a guy that...
1: Um, Aiken won the minor league triple crown last year at Double A. Yeah. There you go. The pitching triple crown, I mean.
4: Yeah, yeah. So he's and 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 he's a lefty, uh, a lefty starter. So I think there are some names in the high minors that might be of interest to the Orioles, but I think they're going to have to prove it at AAA before they get the uh, the old call up.
2: All right. Yeah, and I mean that's not that's part of the excitement for this spring training and pitchers and catchers to see how those guys develop with this new pitching staff. It's all new. Uh, it's a whole new staff in the minor league system and the. Majors and to see how they work and how they develop pitchers. If we see a focus on spin rate and stuff like that is part of what we want to watch for with spring training.
4: Yeah. It's a little hard because like, I like Dylan Tate and and creamer. And I think like Zach pop is an intriguing guy that we got in the trade as far as the the bullpen goes, but like none of them are like in anyone's top prospect rankings, right? Right. Yep. Like Uh there, there's no, there's no one in the high minors that people are really pitching wise. And the only hitter, really, is Ryan Mountcastle that people are excited about.
2: Well, I think that means all these other guys are projects. And when you're bringing in this new staff, maybe they can do something with these projects to make them click and turn them into those high prospects.
4: Right. You see, uh, this is not in the show notes, but you see Keith Law rank the Orioles dead last as far as farm system (laughs) goes. Keith Keith Law is an idiot. I, I can't stand that guy. And I heard him on 157. I think you guys heard the interview on 157. No. Like all, he kept on talking about is the ownership. Like he hates right. the ownership he hates, so much, well, and, that's and maybe been that with way good reason. Years, yes. Yeah, maybe with good reason. I'm sure he has his reasons. He has his connections to 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 Baltimore, but but he kept on blaming ownership, ownership, ownership. Yeah, we get it, Keith. You you don't like the ownership. But uh, but do, but do no, you think we,
0: like a professional guy like that who sees ownership and farm systems for just about every major league ball club comparatively and still ranks the Orioles lowest would just say it just because he's a grouch and doesn't like the ownership? Yes, he's no, being unprofessional. Well,
4: well, no, I don't think so. I think, but I think with everything, right? We all bring our own bias into things, right? Of course, even if we don't realize we're being biased, right? So they
0: might not be dead last, but they're pretty darn close to last, and maybe his bias pushed them to the yeah. bottom. I
4: mean, I, I don't think I don't know. Fangraphs have released their yet, theirs yet, but I've you know I've read articles in Fangraphs saying that they would be projected around twenty. So I mean, they're not a top ten farm system, but I've never seen. Heath is the only guy that I've seen put him near last or dead last. Okay, um, And I think, like, if I was asked to do this, I would probably rank the Orioles higher than I should because I would be pro-Orioles biased. Like, I think everyone has these biases that even if they're not aware of it, they kind of have – because you, you watch players over and over again and you like certain players more than right. others. Like, that's bias, right? That you sure. prefer certain players over others. Um, and he even mentioned – I heard him on a, a different – I heard him on Buster Olney's thing where he lives in New York or something. Delaware. Delaware. Like,
2: Or Delaware. He lives in Delaware.
4: Uh. Well. Anyway. What's his address? (laughs) I don't know know his address. (laughs) I just want to (laughs) talk. But I guess he lives by uh, some organization that plays a whole bunch of games, and so he says he sees a lot more of that team, and so that might have you know skewed his 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 rankings to like the team a little bit more, which is like understandable if you see a whole lot of it. Yeah.
2: But any reporter (laughs) who covered the Orioles, uh. During the, first, during the 14 losing seasons and all of that time with Peter Angelos, uh, during the real hatred of Peter Angelos, uh, has an uh, issue with Angelos. Yes. Yeah, so, I, like I said, with, with good reason probably. Yeah, so I, yeah. I could totally get that it's hard to trust that uh, anything good could come out of that organization.
4: Yeah. And, like, he didn't have, for example, like, he didn't have Ryan Mountcastle as, I don't think he had him as a top 100 prospect, when most other people have him as a top 100 prospect. I know there's some issues with his defense, and that's that becomes kind of interesting. Right? Um, like Vlad Guerrero, he didn't have as his number one prospect, even though everyone agrees Vlad Guerrero is the best hitter, right? Uh, but in all the minors, right but Who was his number right? one. Did you know? Uh, shortstop. I'm, I'm blanking on the name. It was yeah. it was a shortstop, and this whole argument was because the sh- the shortstop could um, could influence the game more, and yeah. his base running was better, and all of that. Um, he compared it to the. You know, the Miguel Cabrera, Mike Trout fight they were having a couple of years ago over at the MVP, right? Like, best hitter as opposed to all-around player. Mm.
0: Anyway. Well, you know, the best thing to come out of being ranked last or thought to be the bottom of the barrel in all of this is you just got to prove them wrong. Everyone likes a good underdog story. It, it could be why not 2019, like we've talked about 100 times already, 30 years later. Frank Robinson just died. Put that to rest. Now we need a new why not Put a patch
2: team. on. Right, right.
0: <laughs> Put a patch on it. You,
2: yeah. Well, uh, you know the one thing we didn't talk about Frank Robinson is uh, the Orioles' legacy. And remember, Frank Robinson is the player that Buck Showalter got upset because Josh Hart didn't know who uh, Frank Robinson was and yeah. made him go Big, and do a, a go report and write, on Frank essay Robinson. On him. Yeah, yeah. Right. So maybe, the, maybe Bert's right. Maybe this whole team of young guys can get behind the legacy
1: of Frank Robinson. And go with it. go have fun this and
0: year and get us almost to the playoffs. <laughs> all, right, all
1: right. Hey, sometimes the best the best seasons are the ones when you go in with no expectations. I agree and, with that. You know, you play loose. Sometimes you play better when you play right. loose like that. You
0: got nothing to lose. That's like in the NFL when it's getting close to the playoffs, end of the season. You play these garbage teams with nothing to lose, and then you see some upsets because they're gonna throw some crazy stuff out there. You got nothing to lose. Why not? Exactly.
1: See the Orioles run a Philly special out here this year. <laughs> <laughs> One
4: other thing about the – before, just the Dakota projections, yep. I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, tanking. Um, but if you look at the projections, like the Orioles are projected to have the worst record in baseball. Right. No need to tank. Yeah. But if you look at, like, the NL Central is fascinating. They have three teams at 81 wins, uh, all tied for 500. The last And, and the but top think, team at 88 wins. But I
2: think that's a divisional effect where it shows you, like, a lot of those teams are very even in that division. Where the Orioles right. are getting a, a lot more losses because they're in the team with the Red Sox and the Yankees. They're yeah. in the division. So they're going to, I think that's kind of showing uh, divisional bias and how your division affects your team.
4: Sure. And according to Bakota, the AL East is the only team that has more than in division. the American League, the only division in the American League that has more than one team finishing above 500. And they have three teams in the AL East the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Rays all projected to finish above 500. And every other division in the American League just has one team projected right. to finish over um, 500. The other thing that's interesting is that the Nats, the Mets, Phillies, Braves, all within four games in the AL East according to projections, which like screams out. Why isn't one of these teams grabbing Bryce? <laughs> trying really hard to right. grab Bryce Harper. May- I Like this could be the guy because there's right. you know such a small area separating every team in the NL East. You would just think that. You know, right, one of those players is, is going to get you four wins. Yeah, it could push you over the top. So yeah, yeah, if all
0: you four wins or you know, a small number like that just to push you over the top. Of course, everything I'm reading, the reason Bryce Harper is not getting signed because he's not that good.
4: Yeah. Overhyped. Yeah, yes. that's the narrative. He was really yeah.
0: only had one good season. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's true or, true or not, but that's what people on Twitter tell me, and that's what I'm yeah. I don't, inclined yeah. to believe. Yeah. I say they don't. I wouldn't sign him just for the hairstyle. If you want to change my opinion on something, just tweet it at me. It usually, <laughs> usually works. <laughs>
2: Yeah,
4: well, we'll see. I'm still not convinced that they're going to – I still think they still could get big money.
2: I think I think it's very we'll interesting. I think they could. It's really strange that it's gone this long and that there's not been – like the latest rumor was Machado, seven years, 220. And if that's the highest number we're hearing,
0: then yeah, I don't that's believe very surprising. I think there's a it. couple teams pussyfooting around, and then once somebody – Makes a serious bet, then they're all going to start showing their real hands.
3: Yeah,
4: because that's the thing, right? They, they yeah. just what did um, Bryce Harper just met with the with the Giants? I mean, because everyone hears these numbers too, right. and the Giants are like, "Whoa, what are you, you know, you're talking, you're talking about two two hundred million. We thought right. we were talking about $400 million, $200 Yeah, million. yeah. all yeah. right, we can talk now." And so I I, I can't imagine they're really going to sign for for two twenty. I think it's going to be a lot more than that, but but we'll see. And the White Sox, according to Bacota, the White Sox really don't make sense for Manny. I mean, they have them projected to win 71 games. Right. So Manny will get him what, to 75 games or 76 yeah.
0: games? Well, that's what come to the Orioles. That's what I'm saying.
4: I like the way Burt's How about like in How here.
2: about the Padres? Padres were in on that talk, too. Yeah,
4: that's a, that's another example, right? A, a team projected to get 75 wins, right? Not not a team. But then, you know, right.
1: San Diego, I think they have a different philosophy or something. I'd be um, all in on Machado to the Padres. Well, they're, yeah, they're already a young and exciting team. Yeah. They got ten, what ten of the top one hundred prospects, I think. That's that's a team that already looks good on paper for years to come, and I think Manny would would, would it, make that organization a lot of fun. And it's really far from Baltimore.
0: And they yes. look good on the field. I think they're bringing back the throwback uniforms this year. Oh, thank God! The brown, those yeah.
1: are amazing. Yeah, and they could
4: topple out the Dodgers. I'm not the Do- I'm not a fan of the Dodgers, so that's that that would be good too. Just see i them overtake the Dodgers. Yep. Down with these big market teams. Um, something that's keeping the big market teams in power, though, are the rules. Can we get to some of the, these rule changes? Yeah. Oh,
0: boy. Yeah. So uh, I
4: First of all, before you read them, Josh, you can read the rules. I just want to go on record saying I love all of them. I was, <laughs> I really do. Uh, but, Josh, I can let you go over the rules, and we can talk about ones you like or don't like. No, I'm just going to go on record saying I love them all.
2: I was shocked because when I read them, I, I liked them all, too. Really? I, I can get oh, behind them all. That's shocking. All right. So uh, let's start with the first one. Pitchers must face. I change my opinion now.
4: I hate them. Right. all. <laughs>
2: pitchers must face three batters, uh, of course, uh, unless the inning ends or the pitcher gets hurt. But a pitcher must face three batters when they come in. Right,
4: but except this when is, the inning ends, I feel like it's a big except, right?
2: It's a big except. If you're going in with two outs, you get
4: one guy out. Right, you can be done. You right. did your job. Yeah,
2: yeah, and you go in there and get the one big bat out. You go, you're done. So, yeah. I I I like that one. I I understand that like. You don't even see that like that won't cause an issue, and I can see that being a lot of controversy for teams like the Yankees and all. But I, I have no issue with that. Do you guys?
1: I don't have an issue with it. I think it's it's pretty solid. Although the one thing that that might upset me about it is it might take away some moments like Chris Davis hitting a homer off Boone Logan, and uh, I don't know if you guys I'm sure you do remember that game the Cal Statue Night. Yeah. yeah. And they brought him in after Jones and Reynolds went deep. Boone Logan came in just for Davis and Davis had the first happened. pitch on the Utah Street. Right. Yeah. It might take away some scenarios like that, but all in all, I mean, I I, I think it's it's a solid. That's one to
0: change. speed up the game?
1: Yeah, that's to speed up the game.
0: Why don't they just stop warming up from the pitcher's mound when you're bringing a guy from the bullpen? He's already been warming up in the bullpen. Bring him out and let's go. That oh, would take away a whole commercial break and at least 10 minutes.
2: That's what I've been saying the I'll whole see, time, and if it doesn't
0: have to change the whole structure of the game. Oh, but I think that let me get five throws. I
2: understand that. How I about think zero five, throws. I,
0: well, because <laughs> he's had a dozen and a half from the bullpen. I already. get it,
2: but once you come in the game, there's you want to find that that pinpoint again. Find what you're focused on. I can right, understand get a feel that. For the These guys a are professional
0: bit. pitchers. How much hand-holding do they need?
2: All right. Well, speaking of pitchers, apparently the way you speed this game up is all about the pitchers. So. Oh, hold up! I want to get
4: one thing, uh, one more thing on the three batters. Yeah. The, reason, the only reason I don't like it, but I don't care anymore, is it would have ruined, as if it wasn't ruined enough, the career of my favorite Oriole, Ryan Mattis, if they had this rule when Ryan Mattis was lefty specialist. Just for Ortiz.
0: Just for Ortiz and oh, Han- yeah, Hamilton.
4: Yeah. That was the only reason he was there. And it would have ruined his career faster than his was already <laughs> ruined. <Yep>. Um, <laughs> but, but I also think it's kind of a non-story because I think most, even lefties nowadays, most pitchers pitch like an inning. Yeah. And I think the game is changing to be the relievers are so dominant coming in 100, whether you're lefty or righty. I mean, Josh Hader isn't coming in there pitching to one guy, right? Like most of the good relievers, and a lot of them now are really good, are throwing in anything anyway. So I don't think it's as big of a deal as it would have been maybe even five years ago. Right. Or,
0: or I like this scenario. What about you bringing your closer to get the final out in the bottom of the ninth, and he gets that out? to end the game but he hasn't faced three batters yet so they technically could get five out Burgess <laughs> found yeah. a loophole in the rules <laughs> Yeah, am up late I'm I'd, sure
2: how about it continues he has to start the next game yeah
1: <laughs> that's right <laughs> I like that one too that'd, that'd be interesting I Tempe think you're gonna get a lot around. of faking injuries though <laughs> of course it, you know, they'll be like, abused
0: right. Yeah. right a lot of blisters yeah. you mean the managers and pitching coaches will play right. dirty that doesn't sound right uh, we're just going out there and break the guy's
2: finger I'm sure they. Them off the I'm map. sure
0: they ran the numbers to even propose this as a possible rule change. I would just be curious to see them. Like how many scenarios, percentage wise, per game or whatever, is there a relief pitcher that would potentially uh, alter this rule? Right. Like I think. Why it, does it even need to be a thing? It's
2: like the Yankee Red Sox rule. Like those are the only teams I can think of that that do this. What that each that game do, needs to be
0: six hours long. Yeah.
2: Then and use three pitchers in one inning. Yeah.
4: I don't know, but and there's a lot of people, a lot of baseball guys who are pushing back against all these rules and saying, like, don't pace play the play fine. The yeah. game's Old-timers. not broken. Yeah.
2: Which is normally the side I take. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I'm shocked. I know.
4: I know. I'm shocked, actually, too. That's why, one of the reasons I said I agree with all of them, because I thought it would make you mad. Josh draws a line where,
0: where we change the rule to run the third base instead of first base. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I'm <Yeah>. far. <laughs> too far. <It's> too <laughs> far. <laughs> yeah.
4: but, but I think any game that's not trying to adapt and evolve and get better is, <sighs> is dumb. And I think what these are are these proposed changes. Yeah. All right? So the, these are ideas. And I like that we're coming up with ideas to make the game better. Or you just come become stagnant and you're not trying. Like,
2: try I, to be better. And as fans, I think we've adjusted and we've learned when with watching the NFL that the NFL adjusts their rules every year. And, yeah. and we see them generally improve. All right, next rule is a 20-second pitch count. I thought they were already doing that. To be honest with you,
4: it was—it's being done in the minors already. It's
2: being done in the minors, and they've yeah. done it like we've seen the pitch clock at the stadiums, but yeah. I guess they've never enforced it.
4: Yeah, I don't, I don't so think they really. Enforced I don't really. It much,
2: but. I don't really care about that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
4: just for the record, the average pace between pitches by yeah. a pitcher is twenty-four seconds.
2: Too long. Okay, shave four off there. So they're gonna have to s- speed that up. Yeah, I, th- I
4: think most of that happens though late in the game with relievers. So yes. I wonder if you can like I don't know I don't know, but but I think the good thing about it, the reason I would like it, is because we like more offense. I think that would be more offense because pitchers have less time to kind of get collected, take a breath. You know, you're, you're forcing them to get more of a workout, um, pitch faster, make more make more mistakes, pre- presumably leading to more
2: offense. Well, that's also why and. Um, keep this with pitchers it's also why they mentioned that they're looking into lowering the mound and i think that is about uh offense and that the pitchers are getting too dominant so they're trying to bring offense back by lowering the mound a little bit that or injuries i think those are the two things with the lowering of the mound Mm -hmm.
4: The strikeout rates are a little bit crazy now right right? the amount of strikeouts in in games of baseball it's a little bit crazy yeah um, no longer are pitchers trying to. I remember reading an interview with Adam Archer like five years ago, and his whole thing was he wanted the hitter to make contact in the first two pitches. And like he rather would have had a single in the first pitch than like a 10 pitch strikeout. Like he would rather right. a guy get just a single first pitch so he could keep his pitch count down and go deeper into the game. But now players don't care about going d- deeper into the games. They, they don't care if they throw 12 pitches to one guy. They, they, they want to get a strikeout, they don't want to make contact. And I think it makes the game. Less entertaining yes. when all you have are strikeouts and walks and home runs. Boring. And you don't have balls being put in right. place. Because when you have balls put, be, being put in place, you have more exciting uh, defensive plays, just more more runners on base, stealing, like just more exciting baseball.
2: Yeah. Now, these rules, they're proposed for even this season, right? Some of them could be in going effect in twenty nineteen, yeah, but some of them
4: everyone kind of knows are not realistic. Right, of course, like the twenty six man roster or the DH or the DH, and yeah. that's the
2: next one up is the DH for both leagues. Yeah, this
4: one gets me, gets my uh, love, it, get love, your it, love it, love it, love it,
2: love
1: <laughs> it. I'm all in. That's, I'm all that's all in on the, the
3: DH. one
2: where I, I I want the American National League to play by the same rules. I don't know if I like the DH or not, but I totally understand that players love the DH because it adds another man, roster spot. It prolongs a lot of careers, so I get why the players' union wants the DH. So if that's what it takes to make uh, the same rules for all teams, especially now with interleague play, then you
1: got to have the DH. Yes. I like the DH in both leagues for a couple reasons. The first one being the pitcher that we slobber over for his ability to hit is Madison Baumgartner, Right. He's he's the guy who with the Giants he's you know he he hits a few home runs he's got 17 career homers good for him he's a career his his on base percentage in his career is 228 he's a 183 (laughs) hitter and this is the best of the pitchers that's hitting right yeah it's it's almost a free out you get you know bases loaded one out you got the pitcher coming up to the plate in the National League you want more offense you add the DH right you don't you don't lower the pitcher's mound to get more offense you add another hitter into the lineup. I think if you're the Cincinnati Reds, you want to have Jesse Winker in the lineup instead of uh, Anthony Desclafani. If you're the Dodgers, you want Alex Verdugo instead of Rich Hill or Clayton Kershaw at the plate. I, just, I, I think it's, it's, it's better for the game to have offense where offense should be. Yeah.
2: Not, not to mention it helps the American League teams recruit pitchers. How many pitchers have left the Orioles and then they're outstanding in the National League? And part of that is because they face a pitcher. And and we'll see an eight-man lineup, right? We'll see players. We'll see pitchers sign in the National League to kind of rebuild their stats before coming to the American League. So yeah, the DH makes sense. Let's all play by the same rules.
4: Yeah, I don't really. This is like you know. Remember when Houston had that Hill in center field, Mm -hmm. and every Uh, yeah, and everyone's like, guys, this is a really dumb idea. I love the Hill. Yeah, but like. It was kind of cool, but we all knew, like, this is not going to last. Someone's going to roll their ankle. Like, this is not going to end well. Right. This is kind of dumb. Plus, there was
0: a pole in the middle yeah, the of the pole. the, the pole was the
2: problem with the hill, the <laughs> yeah. pole.
4: Yeah, like, everyone acknowledges this is kind of dumb. And now, looking back, it's kind of fun and silly. I mean, the DH, it's it's done. I mean, the DH, it's going to be universal DH. Like, this is not even – it's just a matter of when, right. not if, right? If not
2: now, you're going to get it at the next bargain agreement. And in 20
4: right. years, we'll think, like, how silly it was that mm-hmm. we actually had, you know – Guys making $200 million whose job it was to pitch running around the bases. Like Dylan Bundy, you know, was it last year, two years ago, when he rolled his ankle going right. around third base? Like, it's just – it's dumb. It makes no sense. It gets – all of Ryan Blake's points are true, um, and it adds more offense, and and you get the <laughs> – I mean, you, you think about guys like in the National League like Schwarber and Joey Votto who could really use that DH spot. Use a day um, off. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they suck defensively or they get old. And, it, and, and you have – and it's better for fans, better for owners because their they're expensive pitchers aren't getting hurt. It just – the DA, DH makes so much sense and it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, It, it makes too weird. much sense. It's, it is weird that we're still discussing it's it. It's dumb that it's still even a debatable thing. I don't yeah, even There's get a lot it.
1: of teams in the National League with good fourth outfielders, which is why I brought up Jesse Winker and Alex Verdugo as my points because they're, they're both on teams that have three starting outfielders ahead of them. But they're guys you want in the lineup. They're young. They're talented. They've shown what they can do at this level. And a a DH spot puts him in the lineup almost every day.
0: That's why I've always said the National League has a tremendous advantage in interleague play when they come to the American League ballpark because all of a sudden they have nine good hitters on their team when they were already a good team with eight.
4: I I took the opposite approach because we have someone in the American League Designed to be in that DH spot, right? right? That we're paying to be, and they don't have a guy. But they, yeah, but they but,
0: obviously have a guy sitting on the bench every day right. who could. Some people put have up,
2: Verdugo. Some people don't have. And Verdugo. that's where we're still American. better numbers on right. the pitcher. And that's where yeah. we were always True. penalized when we went to a National
0: League park.
4: Well, I don't know if we're penalized because our pitchers can't hit. There, right, but hands. we had
2: a guy that we would always count on in our lineup who now can't pay. Oh yeah, or you okay. have
0: to trot him out and play first base even though he's not a good first baseman. Right. Or put Trumbo on the outfield. Just to get his bat in the lineup. All yeah. right.
2: Another rule is to raise the <laughs> roster to twenty six man. Which I can take it or fine. leave it. That's sure. I and mean, what's it now? Twenty yeah. five? Twenty five. So you add in one slot. Uh doesn't affect me. Right. Don't care. What I am surprised with roster talks is is that there was no talk on this having to do with the September call ups, because I do hate the September call ups. I, I, I wish they would cap that to twenty six.
4: Yeah, or what? I, the only thing I want is September call ups. Is say that day here, are my guys are going to use yes. That say so you don't have twenty
1: pitchers that you could use exactly. Now that twenty
2: six man roster limits your Literally. pitchers to twelve. Twelve pitchers. It's
1: fair. It's like the NFL, you have healthy scratchers every day, you know. I mean you can bring up some of these guys who are in the minors who might not be playing in September, but you know, set a, a roster of who you may use that day yeah. and keep it limited to, you know, twenty six or, or even thirty maybe. But like, like Matt said, you can't have twenty guys sitting in the bullpen and then, you know, yeah. It, just, it just causes a lot of commotion.
4: Yeah, I don't I don't see an extra player twenty six. I guess it doesn't matter to me. I don't I don't see players I don't see teams needing another guy on the bench, another Ryan Flaherty on the bench ready to come in. I don't see the right. need for that. But if it makes players happy, it's, it's a I guess it's go definitely it. a players
2: thing. Make players happy. Um all right, how about moving the trade deadline to before the all star break and just one single trade deadline? So no non waivers and all this trade deadlines just one
1: single trade line that's before the All Star break.
4: What's the advantage of having it before the All Star break as opposed to?
1: I think July thirty first. D- like what we saw last year with Manny Machado going to the All Star game as an Oriole and not knowing if he was going to be an oh. Oriole two weeks from then. Yeah, and I, I think
2: it then gives it gives those teams in the playoff hunts a little bit more time with their new new toy. It's maybe a three month rental instead of two. I guess so, but then teams have to decide quicker if they're really going to compete. Because
4: the All-Star game really doesn't fall... Does it fall at the true halfway point of the season? No, it's a little
2: after. It's like 83 games or something. Yeah, Yeah, it's close. Uh, But I think... I don't know. I don't know really. I think it's a uh, logistical thing because of how they have multiple trade deadlines that we as fans don't pay attention to. We only pay attention to like whatever the main one is. The big one. Yeah. So I think it's just combining all those... I I love this one. The draft penalties for too many losing seasons in I, a row. I
4: hate this one, but okay, go ahead.
2: <laughs> I like this one. I don't know because I don't like uh, tanking. And I think if this is what it takes to get rid of tanking, the NBA tried to solve it with a lottery system. And I don't think I like – I don't want lottery coming to Major League Baseball. I don't want uh, getting your number one draft pick have to do with a, a, a ping pong ball popping up that says Orioles. So I don't know. I like – I like finding a way to discourage tanking.
0: I don't think the MLB draft – no no MLB team is tanking for the best college baseball player, though. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like In NBA and football, they're going to come in and play and improve your team dramatically the very next season. Baseball, yeah. that's never going to happen. Yeah, but well, aren't we seeing a lot of You don't tank
4: for draft picks in baseball. No. So what do you tank for?
0: To save money? To save money. Sure. The
4: fact that you, that you know
2: you're not going to So maybe you come win. up with a – like the Different. Marlins penalty, but and I
4: don't even think tanking is a problem. You look at this year; who's tanking? The Orioles are tanking. The Tigers are tanking. Maybe the Rangers are tanking. Um, uh, the Marlins are are they, they they tank every year. They're always tanking, and that's I named four. That's kind of it. Yeah, all the other teams are kind of competitive or trying to be competitive. Right. So it's not like half the league is tanking. I'd like four teams,
0: and 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 it's and it's implying. Too many losing seasons, like you've been tanking for multiple years, right. like like there's an eighth grader out there that you really want, but we need to tank the next five years so that we can get him well, when no, he's eligible for the draft.
2: It's right? to discourage teams <laughs> from copying the Astros, which lose five straight game, years, so they get the number one draft pick for five and then bring them all up together. Yeah, well, it's trying to avoid that.
4: But, but what have we seen happen? When is that ever going to happen? What have we seen happen, happen right. with the Phillies and the Braves yeah, and the Yanks a couple of years ago? But but no, they, they always go faster than they think they're, they're going to go. Yes. So the, the losing seasons, they think maybe it be five. End up being just like two or three you know losing what? seasons. What
2: I'd like to do. It's not like
4: teams are losing for 10 years straight unless you're the Orioles and you're trying to win, actually. Rather
2: than mm. – I'd like to see some type of penalty on if you're making a certain amount of money in revenue and not spending a certain amount of re- money. I'd like to see that type of penalty rather than what your on-field product is. Josh,
4: you you that have to look at – sounds like communism.
0: At, yes, it is.
4: <laughs> you have to look at every rule through how does this affect the Orioles. Exactly. Um, and so you want rules that that help small market teams, that don't punish teams for not spending oh, this, money.
2: Yeah, this is totally to help, like, Yankees and stuff get keep them good. Exactly. I, I totally get that.
4: Exactly. Like, the Yankees aren't going to have losing seasons. So they're going to punish small market teams like the Marlins – um, and the Orioles, who have to tank to get good again. Like, the Yankees can just replenish, 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 replenish. The Orioles aren't in a position financially where they can do that. So you have to have some down years. And so I feel like this rule punishes small market teams and helps big market teams. And that's how I look through every kind of, when you talk about organizational changes or, like, changes in the rules of drafts and stuff, how does it help big market compared to small market teams um, to make sure, like, this is what baseball needs, to to have small market teams compete year in and year out Um, with the big market teams and the luxury tax has actually done a really good job of this, right? Because teams hate to go over the luxury tax because owners, all of a sudden owners got really greedy and care more about money than winning recently, which is great for the Orioles. But, um, so that's why I don't like that rule.
1: I'm with Matt on this one, and I think Matt. Another reason that I think you dislike this rule is because if the Orioles had been penalized for losing so many seasons in a row, they might not have had the fourth overall pick when they took your favorite player, Brian Mattis. Brian Mattis, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's my only point on that topic. Yeah,
4: well, and and actually, the Orioles probably have been better off having a later pick and not picking Brian Mattis. But <laughs> <laughs>
2: probably, um, Major League Baseball did make one change they announced this week. The disabled list is now called de- de- disabled. <laughs> The disabled list is now called the injured list. Injured list.
4: Here's here's the quote from Major League Baseball. I want to hear this explanation.
2: It says the principal concern. This is a quote from Major
4: League Baseball. The principal concern is that using the term quote disabled for players who are injured supports the misconception that people with disabilities are injured and therefore are not able to participate or compete in sports. As a result, Major League Baseball has agreed to change the name disabled list to the injured list at both the major and minor league levels. All standards and requirements for placement, reinstatement, et cetera, shall remain unchanged. This change, which is only, bre- only a rebranding of the name itself, is effective immediately.
2: Did they uh, kind of just see the
0: way culture's going and were afraid of a lawsuit? It was Was there like a commission of disabled people who found it offensive every time someone said DL? I, right, I don't know. I know but-,
2: but now we got to talk about the IL. Who's on the IL this week? Yeah. yeah I'm what- still calling it the DL. I'm sorry.
4: Yeah, what what rule five guy for the Orioles is now on the IL instead of the DL. <laughs> but but what I would have known is I don't think they've gone. This has gone far enough into society. Like my wife, who is ready to give birth at literally any second, um, she has to take disability. To a, you know, to when she has the baby, right. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden she's disabled, right after she has the baby for a period of time, um, and I fill out a form for long term disability just in case myself as well. Um, but she should in the hospitals. She should fill out a not a disability form. Injured, yeah, an injured form. Mm-hmm. Um, she should take uh, injured leave, not disability leave. It's all about
0: inclusiveness. That's right. Gotta it's gotta just a word, though. It like you're either able or dis. What's the opposite of able? Disable.
4: Yeah, and you're and, and when you're disabled list, you're temporarily disabled from performing this task. Right. Yes. Which so I think you were makes sense to me.
1: not
0: able to play baseball.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, it was right. the disabled to
1: play. But like Josh said, we're just conforming to the culture that, that it is what it is nowadays. It's
0: true. I can't wait till I'm dead.
1: Because – I don't a lot about death.
4: Because disability – I'm coming, Frank. Because <laughs> the term disability can mean a couple of different things, right? Sure. So I think that's – they're trying to be a little more clear with the terminology. I don't really care. <laughs> and I'm – you know what? And I'm still calling RBIs RBIs. Yes. <laughs> too. just for the record. Not RBI. Not RBI. But it's runs batted in. It's not run batted in's. I don't
0: care. RBI's. <laughs> RBI's baby.
2: All right, well that's the uh that's the proposed rule and the one change from Major League Baseball. We do have one more change. I I think coming to the Orioles hasn't been officially announced. Yeah. But it's been kind of reported, but not really reported.
4: Well, uh, are you calling Rich Dubrov a non-reporter? I think last I checked Rich Dubroff
0: Right. Friend of the show? <laughs> 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 last, last I checked. Friend he, of anybody? <laughs> right. last, last
4: I checked, he is uh, uh, hes ba- a reporter, right. and Rich Dubroff has reported this. Yeah,
2: BaltimoreBaseball.com. Yeah. That's where he's right now. So he reported that uh, Joe Angel is retiring and will not be calling this upcoming season. Yeah, this this hits
4: at my heartstrings a little bit Because, I mean, I'm a radio first kind of guy I'm a radio you, baseball guy You want to hear a little, Joe? Sure, let's do a couple of Joe Angel calls I'm a big he fan He
5: delivers to Ramirez Who swings and he lines it over Machado And that's a base hit That ball is heading for the corner Now Matuk is heading for third He's going to be waved in Here's the Machado relay, the tag They got him, they got him, they got him They got him at the plate And that's how the ball game ends the Machado relay. They got him at the
4: plate. And the Orioles in the win column. That's, that's, my, that's my favorite Joe Angel call.
2: Yeah, no, that's a great one. And it's, uh, it's a lot different than what we heard with the, uh, with the Frank Robinson call. Here's another because uh, the, the things that we think of with Joe Angel is the, another one in the win column and then his home run calls. So here's a Mark so Trumbo home see if run. The
5: Trumbo can jumbo for a win here. Fly ball, left field, right back there, right back there, right back there, right, back there, right bye, bye bye. A Trumbo Jumbo has won it on opening day in the 11th inning, and the Orioles in the waiting column. Now, Trumbo is at home plate, and he is being
1: mobbed. All right. There's a no pie, though. Trumbo is fun sometimes. <laughs>
2: That's the, that's the two Joe Angel clips. All right, up all right, all right. not that's, sure if you, you're staring at me fine. like you wanted more.
4: I, I thought you would have also the one when we won the ALEs pennant, but you don't know the ALEs pennant call. That's fine. I don't care. Fine. I, um,
2: I'll find it for you while, no, you, while no, you talk no, about no, Joe no, Angel. I'll forget it about for it you. No, I don't care.
4: Um, But, no, I, I I love Joe Angel. I loved the Joe Angel, Fred Manfra kind of going back and forth. It's, it's a little, but now Fred Manfra retired last year. Yeah. You know, uh, apparently, Joe Angel. This year, it's weird that no one else though, is reporting it. The Orioles haven't announced it. I was reading the Rich Duboff article, and it says like he reached out to Joe Angel, and he reached out to the Orioles, right. and neither of them would comment on it. But according to an industry source, Rich Duboff is running with it. Um, I saw some people tweet at Rakubako and is saying, you know, he doesn't Balling feel comfortable. Right.
5: Another burly right-hander, Tommy Hunter, out there trying to send the Orioles into the postseason. Goins back in. Hunter takes a look. Still looking. Now he says yes. And now he's ready. And he delivers. Goins, ground ball, first base. Pierce got it. He will run over. He will take the out himself. And I'll be darned. The Orioles have done it. They have done it. It took 17 years. But on this Tuesday night, September 16, 2014, the Orioles. Are back in the Eastern Division win column. They are the champions. And they do it with their ninety first win. Champagne for everybody. Yeah.
4: That's a really great call, right? That was 91, one of the best nights of my life.
0: Ninety one wins at September sixteenth. That's insane. Yeah, we won't, we won't
1: see that for a while. No. Yeah, and Remember, a- we
0: had tickets for the very next night. I was hoping they'd lose that night so we yeah, could. Yeah, so we was
1: started starting that night. So I, I, went in, I went to that game and I wasn't confident because I was like, well, going Ubaldo, yeah. probably right.
0: tomorrow. Yeah, the next game was kind of a dud. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can't really uh, build upon the night before. And then a week after that, Evan Meek grooved a fastball to Derek Jeter to send him off into the sunset. Oh, yeah.
0: But yeah, uh, it'll can't, be an- can't, the Orioles can't have the glory for too long. So
1: it'll be interesting
2: to see uh, who replaces Joe Angel and if how yeah. they. Do you think? Do you think that Joe Angel retiring and, and time, time in of deciding not to come back this year has anything to do with the fact that the team's not going to be very fun to call this year?
4: Oh sure, sure. I mean, he's He's, <laughs> he's, he's like, know, I can't do this anymore. Right. I can't to to do this for another fourteen bit. years. He's 71. I was looking at his Wikipedia page. It's kind of crazy. You forget, I don't know, like how much people have lived and experienced. He started in the 1970s uh, with the the Giants as a broadcaster. I didn't know this about Joe Angel. Um, He was with the Marlins when they won the World Series in 97. He called the Marlins winning the World Series in in 1997. I didn't realize that. Pull the audio. (laughs) I looked for it. I looked for the audio because it says on his Wikipedia page, it says his most famous call was Game 7 of the 97 World Series as Edgar Renteria singled off Charles Nagy. He, he quote, uh, I guess Angel said, a five-year-old child had be, has become king. Uh, oh, man. And I was looking for that audio everywhere, and I couldn't I couldn't find it.
0: That's a sports announcer's dream to make up a phrase like that.
4: Yeah, other fun facts about Joe Angel, since I'm on his Wikipedia page right now. It says Angel's son, Jonathan, was one, one of the stars of the teen sitcom Saved by the Bell, the new class.
0: Oh, I I liked the new class. Yeah, it so, didn't last very long. So
4: I think Stars is, I think saying a bit too much. I don't. I, I think he was just one of the recurring roles, guys. I don't think he was. Right. he was just in it. He wasn't like, yeah, he wasn't Zach Morris. Hey, and that's was, all
0: the only Screech was the only character that carried him. Oh, and Belding.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I didn't watch the new class. Is that one? <laughs> New class isn't when they went to college. That, no, that was, no, that was one? the college years. Yes. Uh, did new class come before or after the college years?
2: Many years after, I think. Oh, this is like, okay, a recent reboot. Like, like a new class was when they tried to say, hey, let's reboot it.
0: He was a, he was a regular character in uh, the first three seasons. Jonathan Angel. I think there were only three seasons. Played Tommy D. I'm
2: shocked that there were three seasons.
0: There were seven. Of the new class? Yep. Okay.
2: I clearly didn't watch the new class. Yeah.
4: What were we talking about? Oh, Joe Angel. So his replacement, I don't know. I I mean I really like listening to games on the radio.
2: Right. And so, usually they get good guys to do it, right? Like Joe like, Angel is great. Um ben, ben McDonald's the guy who everyone praises when he fills in. Yeah,
4: but the problem is like But
2: he's not a he's more of like the second guy. The color right? analyst guy. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. And that's what and I also love my favorite Ben McDonald's is my second favorite color analyst. My my favorite is um Dave Johnson. Um but but none of those guys have like
2: taken the lead role, like right um and oh, you want someone with neither of those guys have like passion and excitement like and you want someone that has like like that whole like the excitement of calling the Trumbo jumbo, like Ben McDonald can't do that call
4: yeah, i, I yeah, I know, and I know Jim Hunter has done it before, and he has the excitement, but I just don't like him i don't I don't <laughs> know exactly why, like one of the things I liked about Joe Angel is Joe Angel was like funny and he was witty. And he, like, his banter with Fred Manfred is, like, my favorite. And um, Jim Hunter's not witty or funny. And I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm I'm really picky when it comes to my radio announcers for baseball. I don't care about, people all cry all the time about NFL analysts and whatever. I don't care less who's calling an NFL game because I got it right there on the screen to watch. But, like, a baseball game when I'm relying everything on the voices, and, like, it matters. And Jim yeah. Hunter's not going to cut it for me.
2: No, and baseball on the radio is important. It's all as we all grew up with falling asleep to the radio. We, I, mean, I, we still st- do. I was going to say West we, Coast trip. We still I fall do it. We still West do coast it. Every West Coast trip to the radio, but it's such a childhood thing of listening to baseball on the radio that it's just yes, it's something we still do as adults. So it it is something picky. John and Miller
4: in my radio all growing up. Yeah, I
2: know. If I will put on like a Nats game when I'm in DC, I don't like their announcers. Yeah, so that makes me. That's where like we've had good announcers in Baltimore. And hopefully that continues because I don't want to listen to someone that's tough to listen to. Yeah, yeah.
4: I don't care if Jim They'll Hunter's get a on I don't care if Jim Hunter's on TV. Like, do TV. I don't care. I don't care about an option on TV, but radio. Yes. I, I need that you, voice.
2: You need to paint that picture and
4: you need to. You need to be my friend on there, too. Right. You're me sleeping next to me at night. I need, you, I need your comforting <laughs> voice. I need you to be my friend.
1: Someone who I can connect with
4: on a personal level.
1: A real solid big spoon, if you will. Absolutely. I felt like
4: I saw a couple of times, you know, you're just around the stadium. You saw Joe Angel walk by.
6: Like,
1: yeah.
4: I felt like, hey, that was my friend walking by. Sup, Joe? And he gave me a weird look and walked a little faster. That's fine. <laughs> but I felt like I had the connect. I never will feel that connection with Jim Hunter. Nah. I, I could show up to, I'd sit next to him at his Catholic church, and I would not feel that connection. He sure. p- posts a lot of Catholic tweets.
1: Yeah, I, I, I follow you. <laughs> I, I understand what you're talking about. I have a different relationship with Jim Hunter in that when I was a little kid, for the longest time, I wanted to be the next voice of the Orioles. I wanted to be a TV broadcaster. Yeah. I wanted to have Jim Hunter's job.
4: Yeah, and, I would uh, fall asleep with your voice in my ear.
1: Well, I, I don't know if I would, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. No, so I was I was down at spring training with my dad and my grandfather, and uh, we were outside after one of the games just waiting for autographs because that's you know, a good time to get them in spring training. Yeah. And um, Jim Hunter came out of the tunnel and walked through all the crowd of fans and no one seemed to really know who he was. And I was this little, I don't know, eight, nine year old kid. And, uh, I had a little, like just a, a little flip book of papers that I was getting signed. And I said, Mr. Hunter, could you, could you sign my book for me? And, uh, he, he pulled out of his briefcase, a picture of him with WBAL with the field behind him and, you know, holding a microphone and he signed it to Ryan best wishes, Jim Hunter. And I still have that photo. Oh, wow. And for that reason, I'll always I'll always have a soft spot for Jim Hunter, but as I've gotten older, as a broadcaster, like you guys have been saying, he doesn't really do it for me anymore, which is a shame because I think he's a great guy. He's a good hype man. I like when he gets
0: out on opening day with a bow tie and he introduces everybody. He's an MC, but it's a different beast from being a radio announcer. Right. No, Um, absolutely. Play-by-play
2: guy. Matt, could you start going to Oriole games with pictures of yourself in your backpack? (laughs) So if someone comes up and asks for an autograph, (laughs) you can pull out a picture.
0: I think this is a perfect opportunity for a couple guys in their mid thirties who podcast in a basement to get a, a promotion,
1: I would agree. <laughs> right, I I'll, right, I'll go for the social media job. You guys go for the radio job. <laughs>
0: right, <laughs> you can be my writer. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: just going to take all three of us to get through a game.
0: <coughs> oh yeah, and I'm leaving in the third inning every night. <laughs>
1: I'll be the next mighty Casey, just passing you notes. Here's your next right. joke, Bert. Yeah, yeah. Right, it was, exactly. uh, Fred
0: and Joe Angel always had the cool nicknames for the sound guys. They had, uh, they
1: had Casey. They had Tiny Tim Jones. Casey right. at the
0: bat, my, the mighty Casey. Tiny Tim. Yep.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I was looking at our
4: comments on Facebook. They don't. I only see five here. It I was, lost all the ones that were commented before. I it don't was know pretty lit. On. I can I go back know. to the beginning. Yeah. Can, can you? Yeah. Um. Because there's been like, ten different questions for for Ryan. Oh yeah. And
6: okay. If we oh, can,
4: if he can shoot. just respond to one of them. Yeah. Bring not it on. I haven't them. I haven't had he any of this in front of me. That's so. to the top. Okay. So I'm gonna throw out some questions. You you just respond to one of them, all right? Cool. Oh, this is
1: the top. That's the top. Yeah, you're you like right, a yeah, rapid yeah. fire thing, or are we just pick it up.
4: No, I'm no, because I think all these might be a little bit long. A lot of them are from your boy Tommy Kyle. I assume he's your oh boy. Oh my gosh, he's throwing a lot of questions <laughs> What's up, out Tommy. Um, his, uh, so this question: Is it true that Nick Swisher caught you in Oriel Park after you called him out on Twitter? I, I, I need to tell this story now
1: Our, <laughs> I, All right. I've heard this, I like this this is, this, is, um, this is one for the grandkids So I was on the TARP crew <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people know this, some may not uh, I was on the Orioles TARP crew in 2012 um, It was a super fun year for me It was the first time the Orioles were ever good In my life that I could remember um, And I, my Twitter picture Was me uh, in my TARP crew uniform Leaning up against the outfield fence before a game One of my friend's moms had taken the picture And sent it to me, so I, I used it as my little avatar and uh, the Yankees were in town and the grounds crew sits in that little the cage out in right field. Yeah. And Swisher was the Yankees right fielder and he was up to his usual antics where you know, he's boisterous and you know having fun which if he wasn't a Yankee I wouldn't care. I would yeah. enjoy it. I like yeah. that kind of personality in baseball. But because he was he a Yankee, a Yankee. Yeah. I didn't like him. Hate that crap. Yeah. So <laughs> Um, so at, the Yankees ended up winning one night, and uh, the sounds team was still right. in Baltimore. And uh, he tweeted something about, you know, big win. It was nice to have a bunch of Yankees fans out at, you know, at Camden Yards. Mm. And uh, I responded verbatim, shut up. No one likes you. You're a douche. Okay? <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah that's a good and response. That was just me being Got you know, stupid Got 17-year-old kid. <laughs> I love it. So... So I call Nick Swisher a douche on Twitter, and yeah. um, I, no one likes you. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I hit send on the tweet, and back, I want to put that in your application for the social media job. I, I probably <laughs> wouldn't get it if they knew about that. Yeah. Um. So, where was I? So I, 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 send, I hit send on the tweet because back then I, I tweeted a bunch of nonsense and I didn't think of it. So yeah, I, careful, I hit send. a lot of
4: seventeen-year-olds
1: get in trouble later in life for yeah. things they, they tweeted. when yeah, they're Yeah, you 17. might want to go right. delete some of that. Yeah, <laughs> but I you know, I, sh- I should, I should look back and see. But um so I, I get I don't I don't think anything of it after that. And I get to work the next day and there's a couple of the full time guys are sitting there just kinda of snickering a little bit and I don't know what's going on. And Nicole, who's the head groundskeeper, walks uh over towards me as I'm about to cut into the locker room and uh she says, Hey Ryan, get dressed real quick, there's someone in my office who wants to talk to you. Hello. And uh I I Again, I wasn't thinking about the tweet. I didn't know what right. was going why, why on. I thought you? maybe I won a prize or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> A nice prize. So I, I get dressed real quick, and there's people who know, what going on, know what's going on but aren't telling me, so they're laughing a little bit. And uh, I, I walk over, and uh, Nicole walks me into her office, and I see a guy sitting there with his head down. And on the desk, there's a glove and a Yankees cap. And I, I didn't recognize the guy. He, like I said, he had his head down. <laughs> um, I walk in. He picks his head up and my first thought was oh that's Nick Swisher and then i remembered the tweet and my next <laughs> thought was oh no that's Nick Swisher <laughs> so he sat in there and and chewed me out for about 10 minutes uh just complaining about how he's a human being with feelings too and all oh that stuff gosh. and how wow. you know there was no reason for me to say something like that <laughs> And I was wow. like, and I, 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 was proud of myself because I stood up a little bit, and you know, I said, and you know, it, it's, you know, I, you're right. I shouldn't have sent the tweet. I apologize, but you know, you're a Yankee. I'm an Orioles fan, and you know, your attitude has just been annoying to me since you've you've been a major leaguer. And it's nothing personal. It's just my disdain for the Yankees. And you know, because you're you're wearing the pinstripes, it you know falls on you. And I was like, you know, I'm, you're right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. It was a 17 year old thing to do, but. Did you, did you have to try to come intimidate me like this? Like, I, like, but anyway, that's that's the whole story. Oh I, my I walked gosh. out of the office and everyone busted out laughing at me. And, and then Nicole <laughs> took me back in, just the two of us, and said, uh, you know, you're lucky I don't fire you over this. You really got to watch what you say. No tweeting at athletes. And I was like, all right, I get it. And they didn't bring me back the next year, and that's probably why. Oh,
4: that's crazy. That's like every, though, kind of athlete's dream, to be able to talk to the person who just tweets at them. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. And to actually call them out in, in, in person. I kind of like Nick Swisher more after hearing that story. That's great.
0: That's like yeah. when uh, Jay and Silent Bob traveled across the country and uh, knocked on the doors of everyone who gave their movie a bad review.
1: <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, I didn't expect it at all. But, uh, you know, it's like I said, it's a story for the grandkids. That's, a, that's Yeah. That's
4: a great story. All right. Now the uh, there's several more questions. So now the <laughs> the bar said hi. Um, here's another from, from your boy, Tommy. Uh, he said, quick question, uh, is it true that you got a Jim Johnson baseball with a piece of gum on it?
1: That is true, and that was the <laughs> night I met Tommy Kyle. Um, this was the uh, 2011. It was September, and um, I had a couple friends who had just been hired for the grounds crew to replace kids who were going away to college or whatever. Right, or and who were uh, right, tweeting at players and then got
4: fired.
6: Exactly. <laughs> so... Um,
1: so I was at a game with a friend and and uh I, I don't remember if it was Tommy or our other friend Kyle Andrews who you, you probably know he, yeah, he yeah, does yeah. a bunch of writing for Fox and Yeah, he's and been on the show. D- he's been a here. fan. Yeah. yeah. Um great guy. We've been friends since my freshman year of high school, but um Kyle and Tommy, Kyle were both on the crew and uh my buddy and I went over to the bullpen after the game and they used to do this thing where every time they would score a run, they would add a baseball to this little pile in the bullpen and they would just kick them away or whatever. Um, Jim Johnson at one point had walked over taken his gum and set it on top of a baseball I don't know why I wanted this baseball but I asked either Tommy or Kyle <laughs> to get it for me and they did and I took home a baseball that had a big wad of Jim Johnson's gum just plopped <laughs> on the top of it I do not have that one anymore but That's, I do have a baseball that, um, is that you took. don't have the baseball right. but you still have the gum right, right. did you right, chew the yeah, gum I chewed the gum you know Conservation. But uh, I do have a baseball that uh, Darren O'Day drew uh, a phallic symbol on. <laughs> I do still have that one. Yeah, you can't get rid of that one. No. Nice.
4: nice. Um, here's, another, here's a question from Scott Magnus. He says, when when am
1: I getting my 20 bucks back, Balake? I thought I paid him back. Well, apparently he
4: doesn't think you paid him back.
1: Maybe I didn't. I don't know. I, yeah, he, he, uh, he bought me a uh, Boogs barbecue sandwich at a game one night because I tweeted that I had left my wallet in the car. So oh, Scott, was, was, nice. Scott right. was nice enough to, to well, buy me a boog sandwich. And I, I apparently, I, I
2: still owe him that money. And I know what I'm tweeting on opening day. I left
1: my wallet, left in, my the wallet, wallet the <laughs> in the car.
4: Someone yeah. buy me a boog sandwich. I'm sorry, Scott. We did Ryan Blake as a guest all wrong. We should have just started with all. Here's another one from Kyle Andrews. Yeah, you,
2: you normally intro the guest at the top and asking questions <laughs> about his life. Yeah, I sorry. didn't
4: realize uh, that he had all these interesting stories. Here's a, here's one from Kyle. Uh, Ryan, the Kyle Andrews, who we were just talking about. Mm. Ryan, t- tell the Mark Hendrickson story you have a story about Mark Hendrickson?
1: Oh, this this has nothing to do with me. It has to do with Kyle. Um, so this was also a grounds crew thing. And um, I, I don't know if it was when I was working there or if it was, you know, like I said, the September before when he was. Um, but uh, he was coming back through the catwalk in center field and there was a baseball uh, sitting in there and he was trying to get it back to the bullpen. So from what I remember, uh, Kyle picked up this baseball and instead of like giving it to a fan or whatever, he chucked it back toward the bullpen. And it came within about... Two inches of taking Mark Hendrickson's head off. <laughs> and, uh, and Hendrickson, you know, reacted as you would when a baseball whizzes right. by your head. <laughs> right. And, Probably uh, like
4: Nick Swisher reacted when he saw your tweet. You know? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What is this kid? <laughs> um, so I don't know what that was. Uh, so Kyle <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, threw a baseball and, and almost hit Mark Mark Hendrickson.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah. Too bad. Probably could have helped out the Orioles if he did. Mm-hmm.
4: All
1: right, that, that's all, that's all right. There's some more questions on there. I'm not going to touch. Those ground screw days uh, were fun. Are, will they still be on the the Facebook video afterwards? Because yeah. I might respond to them. Yeah, you can go ahead and respond. Yeah, they're still yeah. on there. Yeah. Cool. Well, Ryan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys having me back. Yeah, it was a it was a fast show. Covered a lot of ground.
2: It's a it's a yeah, and it's a great show because now it's, it's spring training. Yeah. It was a heavy news week. So a, lot, lot of, a lot of fun lot of ground to ground the baseball talk.
4: Yep. In the future, we'll get into more specific player talk, which I'm excited about. Hey, uh, Orioles.
2: quick congrats to 336er Jacob Rock, who joined the Army this week.
4: Oh, well done, Jacob. That's cool, man.
0: Congrats, bud. Very Good luck, cool. Jacob.
4: All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. Write us a review on iTunes. Subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. You should follow Ryan Blake on Twitter. Ryan Blake, what are your Twitter handles?
1: I would certainly appreciate that. Uh, my personal is at RyGuyBlake, and uh, my Orioles account, which just hit 8,700 followers, and I'm very really excited about that, is at OriolesFanProbs with a Z because I was 17 when I made that account, and I <laughs> thought a Z was cooler than an S. Yeah, that's.
4: <laughs> After Is that what – when after you got called out by Nick Swisher, did you say, okay, I got to start a different account without my name on it so I can start tweeting how I really feel?
1: You know, I think I made the account um, before the season started, before I even got the, the job on the grounds crew. So it was it was February of 20, se- 2012 that I made that account.
4: But the Nick Swisher tweet was from Rye Guy Blake. That was from, from my Oracle personal. Right, problems. right, yeah, right. Yeah. That's how he found you. <laughs> right. You
1: should, that's how you should have played it
2: off. It was a mistake. I tweeted from the wrong yeah. account. I, I would should've. go with
4: the hack. Like oh you, uh, yeah! Hacked. I got hacked. Got hacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, you can follow me where my Twitter gets hacked occasionally at section three three six. You can follow Bert on Twitter at Bert Rudy. And you can follow Josh on Twitter
2: at Josh Soroka.
4: Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don
3: Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.